When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank. We call our Friday edition the tailgate. And oh, do we have a draft-heavy edition of the tailgate today. In fact, as we tape this, it's late on a Thursday night. The first round of the NFL draft is wrapping up. And we had another Sooner go number one overall. We'll talk about that here in seconds. And then later in the podcast, it was already a big week in professional drafts for the Sooners as you had three members of the Sooner softball team go in the NPF draft. So congratulations to Paige Lowry, who went number one overall, Paige Parker, who was the sixth overall pick, and Nicole Pinley all drafted on Monday. And as always, before we get to the two pages and Nicole Pinley, just let me say thank you for downloading, for subscribing, for listening, for sharing the Sooner Sports Podcast. We appreciate your support. We love your feedback at OU on the air. We love your input. So thank you so much for just being a part of the Sooner Sports Podcast. Now, we have a lot to get to, and we'll start in the NFL draft. And Typically, for the Friday edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast, we'll tape on Thursday afternoon, like to get it knocked out, you know, especially if there's events coming up, like, say, a softball game on Friday night, give us extra time to really dive into it. Obviously, there's big games this week, and Oklahoma is headed to Stillwater to play Oklahoma State and Conference Bedlam Baseball, and then they're up to Tulsa on Saturday and Sunday. Obviously, softball, a huge series. The Red River Showdown is at Marita Hines Field. If 
you don't have tickets now, good luck. It's been sold out for a month. So we usually try to get everything knocked out pretty early on a Thursday afternoon, but this was a pretty special Thursday. It was the first round of the NFL draft, and for the fourth time in the history of Oklahoma Sooners football, we have the number one pick in the draft. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Wow. It is Baker Mayfield. (laughs) Baker Mayfield, quarterback, the 2017 Heisman Trophy winner. Mayfield's fortunate. There he is. He's just playing a lot of good football. Oh, my word. Baker Mayfield, the Heisman Trophy winner out of Oklahoma is the first overall pick in this draft. So Cleveland goes with Bake overall, number one. This rumor had started to really gain steam throughout the day earlier today on on Thursday. I think it was maybe early in the morning around 9 a.m. whenever you started to see some buzz on Twitter, the the people who regularly cover the Cleveland Browns. I think Josina Anderson – from ESPN had thrown out that she's with the she's embedded with the Browns during ESPN's coverage that she felt more and more like this was going to be Baker going number one overall and sure enough he was he's the fourth sooner to be taken number one overall joining Sam Bradford who went number one in 2010 to the Rams Billy Sims who went number one in 1980 to the Lions and Leroy Selman who went number one in 1976 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. By the way, those two of those drafts, uh, 2010 and 76, are insane. In 76, the Sooners had the first, fourth, and 11th overall selections in the first round. And then when Sam went number one overall in 2010, the Sooners had the first, third, fourth, and 21st selection in the NFL draft. And uh, you have two guys that have consistently played at a Pro Bowl level still from that 2010 draft and Gerald McCoy and Trent Williams. Sam Bradford has a new home in Arizona and apparently some new competition after tonight with Josh Rosen being taken with the 10th overall pick. And Jermaine Gresham is still making plays in the league. So it, it was absolutely a historic and a special night. So congratulations to Baker Mayfield. On, on Tuesday's edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast, we'll have an opportunity to go much more in-depth. We'll actually hear from Baker Mayfield. We're uh, efforting to try to get someone on from the Cleveland area to kind of get an idea of exactly what that expectation is now going forward. Uh, tonight, John Dorsey, who's the general manager of the uh, of the Cleveland Browns, did say that their plan was still to start Tyrod Taylor. The Browns had made a trade earlier this offseason for Tyrod Taylor. I think they gave up a third-round pick for him. Regardless, though, Baker has said all the right things, and what a payoff and what a story from a guy that has always been told that he's too short, from a guy who had to walk on. Uh, won a Heisman Trophy, constantly battling for his job, constantly overcoming the doubters and the haters, even through this process. I mean, even with everything this dude accomplished in college, it was still it, – it was a lot of hate that was being thrown Bake's way. But I think he lands in a good spot. It'll be interesting now going forward to see what happens for guys like Mark Andrews, for Oba Okronkwo, for Orlando Brown Jr., And then hopefully guys like Jordan Thomas and Steven Parker and Devonta Lampkin get an opportunity. And Dimitri Flowers. Dimitri Flowers is getting drafted, by the way. I think Dimitri Flowers 
is going to end up going in the fifth round. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. Here's just real quick, because we're going to have a lot more on Baker on Tuesday's podcast. We're going to have a lot more on where the rest of these guys end up. But here's just a little bit of buzz of, of what I've been hearing over the last 24 hours, or maybe I should be more specific, the last couple of hours. Two teams to keep an eye on for Orlando Brown. Number one, Cleveland. Cleveland has one of the top few picks in the second round of this NFL draft. So don't be surprised if you see Cleveland in on Orlando Brown Jr. in the second round of this draft. And listen, uh, the Raiders took an offensive lineman, a tackle to be exact, in the first round of the draft when they took Colton Miller out of UCLA. But there's been a lot of buzz about potentially making a play for Orlando Brown Jr. by the Oakland Raiders. Cleveland has two of the first three picks in the second round of the draft. The Raiders pick ninth in the second round. So keep an eye on those two possible landing spots for Orlando Brown Jr. And then Mark Andrews, I really think there's a good chance that Mark could end up in that 14, 15, 16 range in the second round. You've got Cincinnati picking there. Arizona's at the 15th spot, which is 47th overall. And then the Los Angeles Chargers at 48. And a name I keep hearing connected to Obo Okoronkwo is Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has the 28th pick in the second round. It might end up being a situation where uh, you're looking at a potential third round selection for Obo Okoronkwo. But Pittsburgh is a place that very much has shown a lot of interest in Oboe. Maybe that 79th overall pick, that 15th pick in the third round is a place to keep an eye on. And if we're thinking about a guy like Dimitri Flowers, I think we're looking around the fifth round right now. Uh, as, as we're taping this, Seattle just took Rashad Penny in the first round. Many had thought she, uh, Seattle might be a landing spot for him. I wouldn't be surprised to see a guy like a John Gruden. They got their bruising fullback that they signed in free agency. They picked 15th in the fifth round. Uh, Detroit's kind of going with a little bit of a of a blue-collar mentality. They picked 16 in the fifth round. And don't ever rule out someone like the Jets to potentially make a play for Dimitri Flowers. And then we'll keep our fingers crossed for guys like Devontae Lampkin and Jordan Thomas and Stephen Parker, that they get an opportunity in the later round. So there's a little bit of what we've heard as far as the NFL draft is concerned, and now we'll all watch this weekend and find out together. But the big story tonight, Baker Mayfield, number one overall in the NFL draft to the Cleveland Browns. But he wasn't the only player to go number one in a draft. Paige Lauer brings it home. Swing and a miss. Sooners bounce back from a tough loss last night to Oregon and pick up win number 40 on the season. Win column Sooners. One of the leaders for the Sooners in the circle this season has been Paige Lowry. She's become Oklahoma's closer, and she's so dominant, she was taken number one overall in the NPF, that's National Professional Fast Pitch, number one overall by the Chicago Bandits, we had a chance to catch up with Pilo and talk a little bit about the excitement of being the top pick. Um, it was kind of a weird thing because uh, the Sooner Choice Awards were going on, so everyone else was paying attention to that. But um, the three of us, were the three that got drafted, were just like had our headphones in, listening to the draft. And then when it happened, um, I just couldn't help but start crying. I got pretty emotional about it. And then my team was there to give me a bunch of hugs. So it was really cool. Paige Lowry is hanging out with us. So, of all the things, I had Paige Parker, and I've talked to Nicole Pinley today. 
what's the schedule like now? Because obviously you have a senior season to continue. You have uh, seven games left in the regular season, then regionals, and then hopefully super regionals, and hopefully another trip to Oklahoma City. But what's the schedule like going forward for your professional career? Um, after those games, whenever that's over, I probably will have about a week, and then I'll head to Chicago. And I think we have a 40-ish game season, so get right back into it. What do, what do you know about the Chicago team? Um, I know that they're the oldest team in the draft, so they have had, um, I think they've been in pretty much all 15 of the seasons that the NPS has existed. So they're pretty historic. They have had a lot of good players go through. Um, I always remember, like, that was my team because Jenny Finch was on it, and I was obsessed with her growing up. So I always kind of, like, looked up to this team because I was obsessed with Jenny Finch. But Oh, that's awesome. Any professional team, awesome. I'm just so excited for this opportunity, for real. Uh, is Lacey still with them or no? No, she moved on. She's coaching at Duke now. Okay. So All right. I just I had saw that she was still listed on the so roster. So did Michelle. Yeah, yeah. I think oh, okay. um, last year was her last year, I believe. Yeah, that's cool. So when you move to the NPF, do you see yourself transitioning back into a role where you'll start more? Is that something that you're looking forward to and that you're ready to embrace? I'm not really sure what my role will be. I haven't really talked to them about that yet. Um, I think that when I get there, I'll figure it out, and I'm just ready to play any role that I need to play. Um, I'm used to a starting role. I'm used to a closing role. So however they need me, I'm ready to do it. What's that transition been like for you? I think it was, what, uh, about mid-last season when you started coming out of the bullpen and you dominated. There's been a couple of starts this year, and they've gone well. But, I mean, Paige, you've always been a starter. So what was that transition like for you both mentally and and physically? Um, I feel like throughout my whole career I've kind of had a struggle with the first inning of games. And I, like, never really told people that, but – um, I always feel like the first inning's kind of a struggle for me. So I feel like coming into games, I always feel like I'm just more confident. I don't know what it is. Something about the pressure just makes me like, I don't know if it's adrenaline rush or what, but I love like pressure situations and I love coming in when the game's tight and on the line. So I've just found like a love of the closing role and I love it when I get a tag team with another pitcher and come in and shut things down at the end of the game. You know, we've done a lot of unique. You guys have done a lot of unique things with the shift this year. Does that play into your mind at all? I mean, I, you're focused on Leah's mitt and and what Coach Lombardi calls, I would imagine. But in your mind, are you aware of what's going on in the shift behind you, and does it change the way you approach it all? I would say last year, no, I didn't think about it at all. But this year, we're doing the shift less, so I can throw a change up more. So. Um, I'm more like aware if we're in the shift or not, so I know if I'll be getting changeups called or not. So I would say this year I'm more aware of it just because I want to know what pitch is going to be called next, but um, I don't really like worry about it or pay too much attention to it. Like it doesn't, like it's in the back of my head, I guess. That's been a, correct me if I'm wrong, but hasn't that been a process for you in developing your changeup and gaining confidence in it? Oh, yeah. I didn't have a changeup until the last inning last year in the World Series. 
Are you serious? Oh, yeah. I haven't had a consistent change-up until this year, so I'm, like, super hype about it. <laughs> well, when you when you break it out, it makes people look foolish uh, in all reality. But what's what's been the key? I, I, you don't have to get in any trade secrets, and you probably could, and I wouldn't know what you're talking about. But what's been the key to you really mastering that change and gaining that confidence in it? It sounds really weird, but in my head... I say beyond time when I release the ball. And I don't know what it is, but that has changed my whole world. And I say that every single time I throw a change up <laughs> when I release beyond the ball in my head. Time. That's all I've is it, done. <laughs> is, it, is it from a – this is going to sound – is it from a movie? Is it from a game? Is it something that Missy no. Lombardi has kind of drilled in your head? Yeah, Coach Lombardi and I just kind of talked about it because my problem with my change up has always been – like releasing it early and it's spiking into the ground. And so she just wanted me to take more time with my release and something about saying that in my head has helped me to like slow things down and just finish the pitch. Oh, I'm I'm using that in my strikeout call page, Lowry. The next time you strike someone out <laughs> with a change, I'm going to find a way to work that in beyond time. Uh, all right, two, two other quick ones and I'll let you go. Uh, what, right. You know, I, I've said this a lot. And I've, I've always kind of filled like a, a jerk because the first time I ever talked to you was at Mary Nutter and I asked you why you wore a mask. And it was a year from the situation that led to you wearing a mask. So I'm, I've <laughs> always felt bad about that and I'm really sorry. But <laughs> why, what led you this year to say, I want to get my story out? And when you sat down with Flo Softball to say, I'm not afraid to watch this video. What kind of changed in Paige Lowry where she wanted to be more open about that? I think that it just came from within. I think that it's been a process to get back in a good mental state. I feel like I'm so far past getting hit that I was just ready to start talking about it and get my story out. And I've realized how much it touched so many people around the country, even other countries. And um, I just feel like it can help a lot of people. So why not share? Why not be vulnerable a little bit? It's interesting, too, how many people try to use you for their narrative, isn't it? Like, oh, see, Paige Lowry says you all need to wear a face mask. But you actually had to come (laughs) out and kind of give an official statement on that, didn't you? Yeah. um, I do think that, I mean, wearing a face mask is smart, and I would tell anybody that. But um, when it comes to mandatory rules, I do think that it should be anyone's choice. I think that it should be a personal choice based on their own judgment and um, I would never say you should wear a mask, but I think it's smart after what's happened to me. I mean, I'm never going to go out there without a mask on. Paige, I'll let you go on this. How much, it, again, it seems like you're really having fun this year. It seems like this whole staff is having fun. Of course, it helps whenever you have basically three pitchers who ERA is one or under. But actually four with Parker Conrad, too. But can you kind of take us through what this experience has been like? Because staffs weren't really a thing. You had one or two pitchers, and you rode them the whole time. But how fun has it been to be a part of this staff and to see the development of Parker and Mariah and then you and Paige developing that relationship that you've had? It it seems like it's really a good time for you. I think there's something so special about a staff, especially this one. I mean, I'm a little biased, obviously, but – um, we're just so close off the field too. So it just makes it so much easier to vibe on the field and 
we truly genuinely want each other to do well and we're just cheering each other on and if we get called in to go in for another one we're just ready to help and I think that the main thing is just the fact that we care about each other so much off the field too and we just want to want to see each other do so well but it's so fun and um, it takes a lot of stress off when you know you have someone that has your back that can come in if you're not having a great day so I'm just so thankful to be on the staff for real it's so much fun is is it true that your dad has a hard time watching while you pitch? Does he have to walk around the concourse? <laughs> oh, yeah. My dad's psycho. He can't sit down at all. Um, he sometimes has to leave the whole park. And um, a couple of Super Regionals ago, um, my sophomore year, he had to leave and drive around the block for a couple of innings. And um, during the 17th inning game, he went out to the car during the 12th inning and didn't come back till like, the 15th or something. <laughs> He's crazy. <laughs> um, that's awesome. And then, and then, gosh, I said I was going to let you go, but you, you say things that fascinate me. How much have you talked to your sister? Uh, how's she doing, and how she's how is she handling college life? And for those that don't know, Paige's sister is playing at Minnesota right now, but she's battled a few injuries, and then she has even more adver- adversity she has to overcome. She goes to Minnesota, and boom, they change coach, uh, coaches. So the staff she had committed to and signed with, they end up going out to Stanford. How's her freshman year been? She just loves Minnesota. Um, I think that she's had a lot of trouble with her injury, and she's kind of gotten down about it, but she's pushed through it, and she's throwing some innings here and there, and they're going to use her here and there. Um, She's not medically redshirting, and I think she's just going to see what happens after that and talk about options. And um, She loves Minnesota either way, so I see her. If she can't continue playing softball, I see her staying there and just being a college Regular person. It wasn't only Paige going in the top 10. With the fifth overall pick in the first round, the USSSA Pride took one of the greatest pitchers, not just in Sooner history, but in college softball history, Paige Parker. Now, Paige getting selected was interesting because for the longest time, it appeared as if Paige was done with softball after this season had wrapped up. She decided to enter her name into the draft. She goes in the top 10, and she's headed to familiar territory, to play with the pride. Do you blame me for Thursday at all since pregame Thursday was the most that you and I had a chance to chat in the dugout before a game? Because I've been shouldering a lot of blame for this loss on Thursday night. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. Not at all, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, take, take me back to Thursday because that's when you had told me, hey, I'm entering my name in the draft. What changed your mind? What kind of led you to believe that this was something that you wanted to do? Um, you know, kind of thinking about it and talking with coach and everything. And, um, you know, I was starting to get a little bit um, sad about things like coming to an end uh, with it being my senior year and everything. And we had had quite a few conversations about, you know, what I wanted to really? do afterward. And, um, you know, she kind of just brought it up again with me and was like, you know, are you sure like that you're ready to, you know, do you really want to hang it up or what, like, what, what do you want to do? And, um, you know, I kind of thought about it and I was like, you know, I, I really don't think that I'm ready to, to be done and I, I'm not ready to hang up my cleats yet. And so kind of just made the decision to go ahead and, and, uh, enter the draft. And I'm, I'm really excited that I did. 
You guys were at the Sooner Choice Awards. I was talking to Nicole Pinley a little bit last hour. What was I, I know you had a pretty good idea where your range might be, but what was the feeling like for you whenever it was confirmed that you were going to the Pride and that you were a, a top six pick in the draft? Um, it was it was really exciting and it was a really um, kind of surreal feeling a little bit. Um, just you know, it's it's pretty cool to be able to say you know that you're gonna be able to go play professionally at in any sport so um it was it was a pretty awesome feeling and to you know be able to sit with Paige and Nicole and um be with them uh during it was pretty neat you gotta be closer to your sister now too right yeah um my sister she's about an hour from um Vieira so um, I'll be really close to her, which will be really nice. We haven't um, really been in the same state for like 10 years, so I'm really <laughs> excited for that. Paige, I know you you have class, and we don't have a lot of time, so I'll only ask you two more. First, what was, you know, I know your dad and your mom have been so integral in, in your dad and in, in giving lessons and being a coach and being a high school teacher and everything that that's meant to you. But what was their response when you told them that you had decided that you wanted to go ahead and play professionally? They, you know, they told me that they will support me no matter what I want to do in life. And so they they were really excited for me last night and, they just, you know, said, no matter no matter what you do, we'll always support you, and that means a lot to me. And then my final thought, uh, how do you feel? Let's let's talk about OU for a second. I thought it was incredible to see the way that this team bounced back on Friday and Saturday, and that's a pretty good Oregon State team that we shut out, or you guys shut out, for 13 innings. So how do you feel about the bounce back and where this team is now going forward with only seven games left in the regular season? Uh, I was really proud of the way that our team responded. Um, you know, I, I wasn't all that surprised that we responded in that way just because of the character of our team and we, you know, really hate losing. So um, I, I was really proud of the way we responded and uh, just the way that we bounced back. Cause Oregon, those were two big wins for us because Oregon state was a really good team and um, they had a good RPI as well. So those were some big wins for us. And I was just really happy uh, that we bounced back the way we did from Thursday. Hey, I, I said last one. Let me let me throw one more in there. How cool has it been for you to see the continued growth of this sport and kind of like I, I use this term, and I know maybe you don't like it, but the rock star nature that you guys carry with you when it comes to some of the younger girls that play softball. I mean, it's incredible to go on the road with you and see the people that want a little a, a little piece of page and they want a little bit of your time. But how cool has it been for you to see that develop and grow over the last couple of years? It's been really really amazing to see just how much um, the sport is growing and, you know, that we are able to be role models for, you know, little girls. And it's really like a blessing whenever we go on the road and, you know, we have so many little girls who come up to us and want our autograph and want pictures with us. It's just, it's a really like neat thing. I think for all of us um, to be able to see how much, the sport has grown from the time when we were little and watching, you know, college athletes play till now. It's just great.
grown so much, and it's really, really awesome to see that growth in our sport. And I think it's going to continue um, to grow for years to come. And while pitchers dominated the top five picks, yeah, we got around to some position players, and congratulations to Nicole Pinley. As she was taken 12th overall, she'll be not only a professional teammate of her former college teammate, Paige Parker, both taken in the same draft, but her sister plays for the USSA Pride. So does Lauren Chamberlain. So does Kalani Ricketts. We caught up with Nicole Pinley about the excitement of being in the draft. Um, so I was sitting with both of the pages um, at the Sooner Choice Awards, and we were watching the draft on our phones, and both the pages have went. So we were just kind of waiting, seeing where I would go. I had an idea, but um, I wasn't for sure. So once it came to the Pride's pick again, um, both the pages just kind of looked at me. Both their feeds of the draft were ahead of mine, and they just looked at me and smiled, so I knew. Um, but it was a pretty cool moment. So do they – again – you know me, I'm, I'm a, a drafted dork. So is that a situation where you just find out on your own, or do they call you, or, or how did that process come to fruition with finding out outside of just seeing it? Did they give you any heads up or anything? Uh, yeah, well, they talked to Coach Pryor. Um, they weren't allowed to contact us, ah. but uh, they contacted Coach Gasso before um, making sure we wanted to play pro softball and just kind of, what we were feeling on our end, and then Coach communicated to us. Well, who was the first person you heard from? I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm sure your dad was elated. I'm sure your mom was the whole family. But who was the first person you heard from after you found out you were a member of the Pride? Um, both my parents. They both texted me right away <laughs> um, just saying how proud they were of me. Uh, they're probably the most important people in my life, so it was pretty awesome to hear from them. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Nicole Penley joins us. She's the newest member of the USSSA Pride. Teammates now again with her sister, and obviously there's a huge group of Sooners there. How do you think that familiarity is going to help you? You're going into a situation where not only uh, not only are you more mature and you're obviously <laughs> more of a vet than the first, last time you played with your sister, but how much does it help you going into a situation where there's a lot of familiar faces? Um, I think it helps a lot. It's just going to help the team chemistry. Um, and then I know I played with Lauren and Shelby, and that was four years ago, and it seems like I'm a total different person now. So it's going to be cool <laughs> to reconnect and see how much we've all grown and just make each other better. Is there any odd balance? Baseball's the same. You know, baseball holds its draft right around super regional time. But is there anything kind of odd or hard about having the professional draft while you're right in the heart of your college softball season? Is there a challenge with focus at all, Nicole? Um, I don't think so. From my end, I'm just more excited. Um, I know right now I don't want the college experience to be over. I'm kind of at the point where I'm cherishing every moment I have. So I don't think it affects it at all. I think I'm just excited in two different ways for what I have in front of me now and what I'm going to have in a month or so. 
every day of my adult life I want the college experience back, Nicole. So embrace it. Hold on to it. Love it. Uh, all right, let's talk real quick about this team before we go back uh, to you. This was a unique weekend based on where everything fell on the schedule, traveling to Eugene, non-conference this late in the year. I know Thursday was frustrating, but what was your opinion and how did you feel about the way this team bounced back on Friday and Saturday? Um, well, it's always frustrating to lose. It sucks. Um, We're all very competitive, but I think in the long run, this weekend was a huge learning experience. Um, We went and played Oregon, who's an amazing team. They did amazing against us. So I think it was a very, very eye-opening experience as a team. And then being able to play another really good team right after Oregon, which is Oregon State, um, really just put us in a competing situation. We had to learn. We had to become better. So, yeah, we lost. It sucks. But I think in the long run it made us better as a team. We learned how to bounce back um, and compete, honestly. So what have the last 48 hours been like? Because obviously you guys get get a day off. You had the Sooner Choice Awards last night. You get drafted. Have, have you been able to recharge a little bit, or has it been nonstop schoolwork for you? Um, a little bit. Um, yesterday we had the day off, so it was relaxing and just kind of eager to wait for the draft and then Sooner Choice Awards. And then we had a workout this morning at 7. <laughs> but um, oh my. it's just fun to be around the team, honestly. You know, it, it, there's a lot of things that I've learned in, in, in covering you and following you and getting to know your family. And I think sometimes fans see the family ties with Nicole Pinley and they just think, oh, her sister Shelby played here and they were teammates for a couple of years. I don't know if anyone outside of the diehards truly understand the depth of the connection that your family has to this OU program. Your Uncle Bill's very much involved with the Diamond Club. Your dad and your mom have traveled to every single event. You got cousins and uh, uncles. I mean, this has got to be pretty amazing to see the way that the Pinleys have almost immersed themselves into OU softball. What's that been like for you personally? Um, Yeah, it's been really awesome. So I think when... Kids think going off to college, they're going away from home. We have a lot of girls from California, and their parents come out for a couple. So I think I'm really blessed to have so much family around me and so much support. I think my family has really built a foundation here, and it's really awesome to see because I left home. I'm over 500 miles away from my actual home, but it doesn't feel like it just because I always have my family here. I have my sister now, my aunts, my uncles. So I think it's just really cool how they've built a foundation for me here. And then I'm also so intrigued by by your path as well. Just from a softball perspective, how have you been able to master being so versatile at the plate because some people they can be just a power hitter some people uh maybe they can just be a slapper you're able to do a little bit of of all of it nicole can you attribute that to anything um i think i just always wanted to give it a different look um if i was struggling in one area i wanted to have a different area to go to so i think i just wanted to be good in a few different areas um and just trying to master it in practice, honestly, um, trying different things, doing different things against our defense. And honestly, our pitchers are what make us the best. Um, we go face them every single day at practice. And, you know, a lot of times we fail and we're frustrated and we have to remember we're <laughs> facing the best pitchers in the world. So 
I think a lot is in practice, just trying to mix it up and coach messing around with us. So, <laughs> Two more quick ones and I'll let you go. If Nicole Pinley was called upon from center field, if Missy Lombardi pointed at you, said, I need you in the circle, could you still get an out like you were able to in high school? Absolutely. <laughs> I could get an out. <laughs> and then, then secondly, let, let's say you see the track and field coach sprinting over to the diamond and he needs some help in the javelin. Could you still compete? Do you think you could have been uh, a javelin? Could you have competed in, in track and field at the Division One level, you think? Uh, definitely, I think so, yeah. Um, if I put the work into it in high school, um, it was just kind of a fun factor for me when I – through javelin and it would be I kind of think about if I put as much time and work and effort into it as I did softball how good I could have been so yeah I think I could have competed at the college level draft heavy I told you big weekend ahead so we'll have more on the NFL draft come Tuesday's game plan we'll have much much more on the Sooner softball series against Texas and a ton from Toby on Tuesday on this huge Bedlam baseball weekend. But again, congratulations to Baker Mayfield, number one overall to the Browns in the NFL draft. And what a week for the Sooners. Two student athletes taken number one overall. How awesome is that? Guys, have a great weekend. We'll be back on Tuesday. Until then, Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers. Hunt for muddy puddles and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.